0: Good morning, new. My name's Lisa. I'm going to lead us in the scripture um, passage. I'm actually going to read it um, for you guys. So the scripture this morning comes from Luke 24, uh, verses 1 through 12. And the words should be on the screen here to my right and left. So on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the woman took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb they found the tomb rolled away from the tomb. They found the stone that makes more sense rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wonder, wandering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them. Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee. The Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the woman because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb, bending over, He saw the stripes of linen lying by themselves and he went away, wondering to himself what had happened.
1: Thank you, Lisa. Christ is risen. risen Christ is risen. risen Amen. How many more times are we going to do that today? (laughs) Well, as an aside, you know, Jesus uh, was crucified on Friday. That's why maybe on Friday some of you went to a Good Friday service. Um, And then on the third day arose again, which was the day after the Sabbath, which is um, Sunday, uh, the first day of the week, or maybe it's the eighth day of the week. I guess the eighth day of the week would be the first day of the week um and actually when we come and worship on Sunday um every Sunday that we come is a, a is a celebration of Easter is an Easter celebration we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ and we live in that rhythm um during our 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 days our weeks um so we should be celebrating Jesus he's not just risen today uh, once a once a week in April Oh uh, once a, you know once a day on April, but every day, amen um, he has risen and so but sometimes we forget right we forget um, we get loaded down by the cares of the world, our stresses, our anxieties, our responsibilities, the things that we have to take care of, the things that we're afraid of around us um, it's a dangerous world it's an unsafe world many times um, there's a lot of anxiety that we have, finances, family, maintaining our home, relationships. And so we can oftentimes forget that Christ has risen indeed. We can forget um, the words that God has spoken to us uh, at one point, at many points in our lives, and need constant reminders. That's why we celebrate, we worship, we come um, before the throne of God together That's why we pray together, we read scripture together, we meet and gather with one another to remind each other, hey, this is Jesus, Jesus is working in our life, Christ has risen, he has risen indeed, don't forget, do you remember? And we need reminders all the time, I need reminders all the time, Uh, especially when I'm driving in the now returning Seattle traffic, sometimes I get really upset and I need to be reminded. Christ is risen and he's died for you and your impatience and frustration and road rage. So, amen. We need a reminder. Even the pastors, uh, maybe especially the pastors, need reminders. Um, but um, so this is Easter and um, we are here in Luke 24 with the story of the resurrections. One of the stories of the Resurrections, uh, one of four in the Gospels. And the other day, I think it was Saturday, actually it was yesterday, I saw someone practicing uh, driving, like learning how to drive in the church parking lot. And I was talking with my friend who was next to me, and we started talking about how youth these days, high school students, they... Some of them don't really want to learn how to, they're not excited like we were when we were teenagers to get their license. For us Gen Xers, you know, I'm a part of the Gen X, you know, grew up, I'm aging myself, but... Gen Xers, we were excited when we were 15 to get our learner's permit and like, I want to get my license at 16 because what did the license, driver's license mean? It meant freedom, right? It meant I'm growing up, but kids these days, not just those who grew up in New York where you don't have to drive anyways, but across the board, they don't, they're not as excited to get their driver's license. It doesn't represent for them freedom. In fact, it's like, hey, just, My parents are driving me where I need to go, so let's continue that. Um, (laughs) It's like, wow. And we're trying to figure out why is this the case? Why is this the case? And I think part of it is so much of the young nowadays, their lives are so structured and so like playdates. You don't just hang out with kids in the neighborhood, right? Your parents make playdates or you have events, the scheduled events, they're organized, right? And so I think about my own children, they don't really have friends in the neighborhood that they play with, you know, outside, partially because, okay, it's Seattle, and there's a busy street right next door, we don't want them to get run over, but partially because it's just our culture, and then add on top of that COVID, and there's just a sense of, okay, we need to uh, supervise, or we need to have structured um, kind of get-togethers for our kids. Also, because we're really, really busy, right? But back in our day, when I was a kid, our parents were busy. Same thing, but they just gave us a key and we put it on around our neck like we were latchkey kids. So we just went home, stayed home alone, cooked for ourselves. And when we went outside, we I in Texas sometimes in the summer, right? The sun would go down at nine thirty p.m. right so I'd be out till 10 p.m. playing because it was still light and you know no one worried about me right my parents didn't worry about me he's coming back he's gonna climb that tree maybe he'll fall down and break his arm but he'll be fine you know he'll learn something right and we used to hop in the back of our friend's pickup trucks right we wouldn't know seatbelts we just roll in the pickup you wouldn't see that today right you're like no way Right, and we didn't even wear seat belts. So it just seemed like either parents didn't care as much back then, or they did care, but just there wasn't just that, you know that fear or that you know that need for safety um, as much. And why did I go on this? Uh, I think in general, as we go grow older, we become safer. We, we value control. We value things that we can predict and plan for because we think, right, the outcome will be better. There will be more safety. And a lot of people talk about how when we become adults, we forget to wonder, right? They say parents spend so much time telling tr- children, don't do this, don't do that. And for good, good reason, right? If I didn't tell my son, for instance, don't put your hand in the fire. Don't put that wasp nest in your mouth, right? <laughs> it's like bad things are going to happen. Don't run into the street. Watch out for the cars. Look both ways before you cross the street. Don't touch that. Don't lick your plate. Don't push that other boy. Don't do this. Don't do that. Don't, 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 don't. And the thing is, somewhere along the line, we absorb that message, right? Because kids are so much about wonder and possibility and imagination. I can do this. I can do that. I can fly. I can become the president of the United States. That's what I used to say. I didn't know I would grow up to be only five five, right? <laughs> like, first of all, you probably have to be over six foot to be the president of the U.S., and I don't think there's been an Asian president yet. So, you know, no one, no one said, but no, no one actually said, no, that's not going to happen. It's not practical. Maybe in in a hundred years, but possibilities. We imagine that anything is possible. But as we get older. Maybe because of life, maybe because reali- we get hit by reality. We fail, we fall down, we get up. That wonder goes away, or all we be- we begin to believe all the don'ting: don't do this, don't do that. You can't do this, you can't do that. Somewhere along the way, our childlike wonder gives way to the rational, the common sense, the best practices, the proper. Um, and our world of daydreaming and what ifing grows smaller and smaller while our daily lives become filled with more important things. Learning science and math and figuring out our role in the house, in school and workplace, advancing ourselves, becoming mature, responsible, and able, building up the resume. Don't be too silly. Uh, I remember myself when considering my call into ministry and becoming a pastor, I resisted it. Right? I resisted it because I'm a PK, a pastor's kid, and I grew up being, I'm never going to be a pastor. So that's one reason why my father is here right now. So I'm like, oh. <laughs> that's one reason why I resisted it. But the other reason, uh, what was the other reason that I resisted being a pastor? Uh Oh, because you know I have a poetic streak in me. I'm a cr- creative writer. I have some artistic elements, and I like to be silly. right? I like t- to be goofy and silly. And I'm like, man, do I have to give those things up when I become a pastor? Do I? Because have- my image is solemn and respectable, and I don't know. I need to have an oaken voice from a fund and speak with authority. Right? It's like that's not me. I'm going to kill myself if I go up there. And so that was literally, that was one of my resistances. Like, I can't you know, I can't do this. I can't tell jokes. I can't be a little you know, risky. I can't, you know, I can't curse. Like, what what, what does meaning of being a pastor means? And there's all of these things I pictured in my head. Um, And the sad thing is, yeah, does pursuing the ministry or being in the church mean my creativity and uh, the artist in me has to be pushed down. Um, that, that's kind of a sad fact that, that that would be something I thought about, right? Because, oh, where is creativity and art in the church? And sadly, sometimes it isn't there, um, but not at Renew, right? We, we're going we're gonna, to... Uh, We affirm that in our children. There's a possibility. Yeah, you can be a pop singer, but also study hard and get a good degree. (laughs) Within reason, within reason, right? But the miracle of Easter, what we're reading about here in Luke 24, uh, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ is the renewal of wonder and awe to all of humanity. It's the return to belief. It's the return to life. It's the return to the renewed life because there's so many things around us that would tell us death, that, that show us death, that mire us in death. And actually, there's so many things that we hang on to as people that keep us mired to death. So many voices in our head. We tell ourselves, Oh, I'm not good enough. I can't do that. I can't do this. That's not for me. This is who I am. I'm stuck with my old habits. I'm stuck with my old addictions. I'm stuck with the things of my past, my broken relationships, my patterns of relating that aren't healthy. I'm stuck with this. I'm stuck with this. I'm stuck in this dead-end job. I'm stuck in a career that I don't love. I'm stuck in this debt. Death, 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 death. And we need to be reminded and to remember that Christ is risen and he's risen indeed. And because of this, there's the possibility of miracles and hope and new life, not just in our lives but in the lives of people around us for our communities, for our world and nations. There's hope for peace and reconciliation where there's war and violence. There's there's hope for, um, uh, for sharing, and and collaboration and community and family where there's scarcity and injustice and oppression. Amen. Are you with me, church? Yes. In Christ, there is possibility and wonder is renewed, and we have the possibly. Of renewed life in Jesus Christ. Amen. Renewed life, renewed life, renewed church. You see what I did there? (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, you've probably heard pastors say this all the time. The last couple years have been hard because they have been hard, it's been a unique time in history. Um, the world as a whole, everyone in the globe has experienced COVID together and has experienced a change, right, and adapting, and, and death, and suffering, and things, dreams coming to an end, the way of life, a certain way of life coming to an end, right? For a while they're gathering as a church, um in real life or in in person came to an end for a time and you know now we kind of have that spark of hope right this room is filled up which has been the first time since actually we've never been filled up in our history (laughs) I'm i'm kidding i'm kidding i was like to joshua just in case more people come bring some extra chairs in right i was like really hopeful i i could i could feel it um but it's been like two, uh, two and a half years since there's been this many people in the sanctuary, you know, in this, in this holy place where people come to worship the Lord. And um, I think about ground, the groundhog. What's his name? Punxsutawney Phil in Philadelphia or whatever, Pennsylvania. And every spring at a certain day, um, they have the ceremony where they bring out Punxsutawney Phil, groundhog, and if he's scared of his own shadow and goes back in his hole, it's gonna be what? Six more weeks of spring. And if he comes out and he's fine, then spring is here. And um, I think about that um, as our kind of, our culture, our, our, our culture right now are how we're feeling, at least that's how I feel. Like during the height of the pandemic, you know, I went to my doctor and said, why are my hamstrings, that really sore. And I'm getting, you know, those late at night when you, your hamstrings get tight and you, they cramp up and you're just in your bed like, ah! They like kept cramping up. And he's like, tell me, how often do you sit? <laughs> how many hours do you sit in a day? I'm like, I think I'm sitting all day on my couch in the same place right there's nowhere to go right (laughs) living the sedentary life and it's like i was so used to sitting that my body was cramping in the seated position right but now you know i'm just coming off my sabbatical and i was able to run and exercise and play more ultimate get out into the sun enjoy outdoors and i see more people like Even having the freedom to go into the grocery store and not wear a mask, it's like, yeah, you know? But then my security blanket is like, I'm gonna wear this mask. Um, (laughs) But I have the freedom, right? It's like, oh my gosh, mind blown. Wonder is restored. It's renewed life. Like, people can see my mouth. I can smile at people, right? But then I have to shave a lot more because, you know, I grow patchy, you know, facial hair. I envy people who have the five o'clock shadow, but you know, I just can't grow facial hair. Um, it it gets really patchy. Um, so I was wearing my mask. You know, it's secondary. It served it served as a secondary purpose of covering up my non facial hair or my ugly facial hair. <laughs> but anyways, that's the side note. That's a side note. Oh, during my sabbatical, I watched a lot of stand-up comedy. <laughs> I, like, <laughs> I wish I could be a stand-up comedian on the side, maybe in another life, but uh, yeah, it's hard to be clean and be funny, it seems like, but I think you can. Anyways, that's a side note. As a whole, I feel like I'm coming out, right? Like coming, peeping my head out like a groundhog out of my hole. in the like... Is the shadow, do I see my shadow? Kind of fearful, right? Like, is it okay? Is there gonna be another variant around the corner? Are Is my family safe, right? Are my kids gonna get sick? And if they do get sick, will it be serious? And if I get sick, will it be really serious? Like, there's still those fears and there's fears of like, what is, what does being a pastor, you know, in the, in, the, in the time of COVID look like? Like what does community look like? What does outreach look like? You know, what, is, you know, what does it mean? We, we went from like, you know, being this in-person church to now I'm a televangelist, you know, doing, like speaking online. But slowly my, my heart is like in wonder, like, what are the possibilities? Is God doing something new? What is God doing? And there's, there's kind of a vulnerability in that awe and wonder and openness, right? We don't have it all figured out, right? We've all needed to pivot in one way or another. We've all lost control in one way or another. We've all had our lives and the way we do things disrupted in one way or another. And all of us have experienced loss, maybe very close to us, in one way or another, or when one person or another. loss, disruption. And then, what's the future bringing? And on top of that, you watch the news and there continues to be wars and the rumors of wars and pain and suffering and violence. And where it's just like, where are you, God? What's happening? So let's let's hit our passage. Um, first of all, it's on the first day of the week, very early in the morning. Um, so Sunday, early morning, the third day after the crucifixion, and. Um, it's like the break of dawn, like when the sun is just starting to come very, very early. And the women, the women who have been following Jesus uh, for this entire time took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. This is normal for uh, people to prepare uh, the body, um, to anoint the body with spices um, after death. And so they're going um, to do what people do. Um, to do what they would do uh, when people die uh, with a dead body. But it says that they found the stone had rolled away from the tomb, and the tomb was empty. When they entered the tomb, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And they did not find the body. And I think I'll stop right here. One of my favorite images from Easter is the empty tomb, okay. And I think the empty tomb, we should all wear necklaces of tombs. As, that should be the Christian symbol, right? I, I, if you think about it, the, you know, a lot of people wear cross, crosses on their neck. That's the symbol of Christianity, and I have nothing against that. Yeah, cross, cross, everywhere cross. But if you just have the cross, right, that's not the full story, amen? Because do we worship a dead God? Do we worship a dead Jesus? Do we linger in that symbol of the crucifix where Jesus died? No, the gospel and the good news is not just there. The gospel is the power and the miracle that came after the cross, amen? It's the empty tomb. So why don't we wear like stone tombs with a stone rolled away and like stuff? Peek-oo, peek-oo, po- poking out, like an empty tomb as a symbol. <laughs> so I'm, I'm throwing a revolution. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to market this, right? <laughs> an empty tomb necklace, and I'm going start wearing empty tomb necklaces, right? And kissing my empty tomb as I, before I run that race or whatever. Um, so <laughs> the stone was rolled away. And look at verse 4. While they were wondering about this right this is out of the ordinary this is not in what they planned or expected to see it's not in their expectation they're wondering what is going on and they're trying to find a rational reason for the empty tomb suddenly right suddenly god often comes to us suddenly disrupts us right comes to surprise us. While they're wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleam Later they're referred to as two angels. Um, in the other gospels it's two angels. Two men in clothes that gleamed. The lightning stood beside them. In their fright the woman bowed down with their faces to the ground. The, but the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? When we see, when we're confronted with the amazing, when we're confronted with the unexpected, when we're confronted with the unknown, how do we respond, right? We respond in awe and fear and reverence. They bow down. Could you imagine the amazing power that was present, the influence that was there to make you just in that moment just bow down, right? What would it take for you to bow down? Right. They bow down their faces to the ground. And this, for me, is the center of the passage. Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. And that, that, that echoes for me. Later on, maybe two weeks from now, we'll be reading out of Acts you know Acts one, where Jesus ascends, right? And the disciples are like, "Huh, oh, Jesus? He went up in heaven?" And what is the, what is the, was it the angel? Says to them, "Why are you looking up there? He is, right? Stop looking at the sky." And then there's the the commission, right? Go, and make disciples of all nations. I go from here to Jerusalem to Rome and to the ends of the earth. right? So it's a, a redirect. Right? Where you're, look, you're looking behind you and you're expecting, your eyes are gazed upon dead things, not alive things, the past. Your eyes are where you expect Jesus physically would be in the sky. Why are you looking up there? Why are you looking for the living among the dead? And isn't this what we do all the time? The thing that stops us from moving forward is we hang on to the things that we know, right? And oftentimes the things that we know or we're comfortable with and that we continue to hang on to are the things that feed us death and speak death into our lives and not life, amen? Right. And the thing is, in order to go to life, you have to let go. You have to let go of that thing you're holding on to that's not giving your life. That's keeping you mired to death. Whatever it is, what is that thing? And the angel is saying, why are you looking for life? The living, the living one here in the, in the tomb. He's alive. He's over there. He's moving. And you are about to be sent and moving into new life, into possibility. But you're hanging on here. Amen? What is that thing in your life? What are the patterns and the hurts of your past that keep you mired in distrust of others? What are what are the things, the vices, the addictions, the sins that you continue to turn to as a substitute for life? But only disappoint you, because they just put you in a spiral downward, and you keep going back to that dry well, and you keep eating dirt. and you hang on to it, you go back to it, because we're insane, right? Insanity and craziness is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. And this is the message of the angels is, He's not there. He's alive is it money, right, the love of money, I want my money, but Jesus, Jesus, and we do this all our life, I want that career, I want power, right, and status and position, Jesus, 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 right, a little physical comedy, you can't do both, Don't look for the living among the dead. Are you with me, church? He is not here. He is risen. He is risen risen indeed. He is not here. Folks, it's not there. Wherever you're looking right now, and it's just sucking life out of you, he is not there. Amen? He has risen. Go to him. That is my encouragement. Go to him today. Go to him now. They continue on. Remember how he told you, why he was still there with you in Galilee. The Son of Man must be delivered over the hands of sinners, be crucified on their third day, and be raised again. Then they remembered his words. That that word remembered is there again, right, I don't know how many times, you know, we've been to Easter service, I don't know how many times I've given an Easter sermon, oh, uh, 10 times, over 10 years, right, (laughs) I do know how many times, (laughs) but how many Easter services I've sat in, well, I guess 46, since I'm 46 years old, I know, I can do the math, darn it, um, But, and it's kind of like, we all know the story, we kind of have an idea what the guy's going to preach about, like, yippee, rah, 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 right? But like I said, we need to remember, we need to be reminded, and these women and the disciples who followed Jesus, they actually heard it from the horse's mouth, right, from Jesus. I'm going to die and be crucified, and on the third day, I'll raise up again. And now they're like, oh yeah, I remember. He actually said this. He foretold this. He predicted this. They needed to be reminded because it was so amazing and it, was so, it blew them away so much. And so they come back from the tomb and they told all these things to Levin and to all the others Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of Jesus, of James, and the others. They go to the church down the street, to the elder board and the council of all men, these women. <laughs> What's that going to do? Of all men, and they said, this is what we saw. The tomb is empty. Jesus has risen. And the, the council and elder board of men Verse 11, but they did not believe the women because their words seemed like to them like nonsense. Oh! Okay, that's that's kind of a jab on some churches. Um, my point being, my point is that it's hilarious how much time in the church we spend about what women can say or what women can preach or what can't preach or what roles women can have in the church when the very first evangelists and apostles after Jesus' death are women. Amen? Amen. Right? We don't, to, we don't need to break down Paul and be like, oh, what did he say about women and what's the culture, blah, blah, blah. It's right here. Right? Apostelos sent and messengers, right? They preach the gospel to the apostles. And the apostles don't believe them. They're thick-headed. And you have to know, you have to see the patterns in the gospel. Every, all of the men leading up to Jesus' death, they all have some amount of something that needs to break. They're dying as they walk to the cross with Jesus and finally they scatter in fear. The women are the ones who are closest to Jesus to the end and when he's risen they're the ones, they're the blossoms right, they're the first sparks, they're the first messengers, they're the first preachers, amen? Why don't we talk about that in the church? We are talking about it in this church (laughs) right? So that's why it's just funny they go to the council of men and they don't believe the women because their their words sounded like nonsense. On the one hand, yes, the gospel is nonsense to the world. The gospel is nonsense to the rational. The gospel is nonsense to those who would say, what are the best practices? What is our strategy? What is our plan? The gospel is nonsense to us. But for those of us who are open to awe and wonder and the miracle, yes. right? Who approach with childlike hearts yes. once again, with open hearted, vulnerable hearts, right? As the sociolo- sociologist Brene Brown talks about the open hearted, whole hearted person. When we are open-hearted, we begin to see the miracle of the resurrection. Amen. Yes. Come, let the children come to me, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Yes. Not all of the disciples, you know, disregarded the women's story in words. Peter, verse 12, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away, wondering to himself what had happened. There is that word again, wondering. He went, he's like, man, I want to check this out. And if you're in this place, in this room, and you're like, I wonder what God has for me. I wonder what God could be saying to me. I wonder if Jesus, this Jesus guy, it's been a while. I grew up in church, but I don't know. It just, Jesus just doesn't make sense to me. It's, it can't be real. But you're just, you're like Peter. It, it's nonsense, but hey, let me just go check that out. I encourage you to keep going, to discover, to seek, to search that out, and to wonder to yourself. Could this be true? Could Christ have risen? Are you with me, church? Amen. Again, the miracle of Easter and the resurrection of Jesus Christ is the renewal of wonder and awe to all of humanity. On the first day of the week, early, early in the morning, These women go to the tomb. They're performing very daily tasks, very ritual, customary tasks, the everyday. They're looking to honor the dead, but they're surprised by joy, the joy of the resurrection. They are interrupted by the amazing. He is not here. Why do you look for the living among the dead? What are you holding onto? Why do you cling to those death clothes? That's the other image in this, right? The linen, they don't, none of the Gospels talk about like, they just, they don't show Jesus resurrection, resurrecting. Like, that's, that's where I want to be. I want a filmmaker to actually show the process of him getting up. And it says the linens are folded in the tomb. Like, did he actually, like, come out of his clothes and then fold them and put them down, right? It's like, what happened? We just see him later and he has new clothes and he's like, hey, what's up, guys? But those folded clothes, right? It kind of tells you, like, why are they there? Why, why is that detail there? Like, his linen clothes are folded there and left there. Like, what can we... Glean from that image. And I think it's Jesus left his death clothes behind. (laughs) Amen? Right? If you remember the story of Lazarus being raised by Jesus, the first thing that Jesus does when he raises Lazarus from the dead is what? Take off your burial clothes. Take off those clothes. And that's what Jesus did It's like, I'm not defined by these clothes. I'm no longer in burial clothes. I'm not dead. I'm among the living. And this is, we are the people of the taking off our burial clothes. That's Easter. Yes. When we say, we, Christ is risen, he's risen indeed, we're saying that we believe that we are a people who don't wear clothes of death but living clothes. Amen? Amen. Take on new clothes. God has new clothes for you. What are you holding on to? And why do you cling to your death clothes? Arise. Arise. Arise with Christ. Let's pray. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for the gospel, the good news that you have risen and you've risen indeed. And we give you thanks and praise um, for your sacrifice. Um, But more importantly, the miracle and the power that defeated death and showed us the way and and you are calling us to you. Um, You're reaching out for us to embrace us where we are, and to speak new life to us, to give us and offer us the renewed life. Help us to remember, help us to turn to you, help us to let go of that which holds us back from you. And help us to have wonder, childlike awe once again, to be keen to the Holy Spirit, to listen Um, and see what you're doing, what little miracles you're doing around us, and um, break our cynicism and and make us ambassadors of hope and life and peace in this world that's broken and that needs you, you so much. In Jesus' name, amen.